Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brett Neerly and you're listening to Faces and Places here on the podcast. Now a couple of weeks ago in Carrick and Shannon, the Leitrim's Health is Wealth event took place in the Landmark Central and it attracted an absolutely massive crowd. No place to sit, it was absolutely jam-packed from front to back in one of the biggest venues in the county and all to hear about the guest speakers talk about their experiences of various health concerns that people have in their lives and we caught up with a few of the organizers the attendees and the presenters on the day to talk to give you a little bit of a feel about what exactly went down on the night. Now, of course, an event like this is is quite rare in most communities in the country and so vitally important to be open and honest about the things that are going on in our lives, particularly when it comes to some of the unseen issues, whether it's someone in your life dealing with dementia or mental health concerns or plenty of other things that are going on in people's lives day to day. So an event like this was so well supported and congratulations to the organisers, particularly to the likes of Hubert and Valerie, Hubert McHugh and Valerie Cogan, who have been the spearheading this campaign for a long number of years in the county. Great to have such people looking out for our mental health and our physical health in the county. So thank you very much to them. We're going to hear today from some of the people involved in the night, and particularly we're going to have a lengthy interview with Nora Owen, who is there to talk about how she dealt with her husband's dementia and the care that was required and the impact that it had on her family and herself as she herself was going on in years. She'll be telling us all about that struggle uh, privately ahead of the event. She sat down with us to have a conversation about all of that. The former head of the Methodist Church in Ireland, uh, Norman Hamilton, also had a chat with us about why he attended and what he was hoping to get out of the night as well as to support this community and what's going on in their world. Paul Williams, of course, the MC, well known in crime circles, but he emceed the night as guest interviewer and also as the person who kept the whole show running for the night. Terence Boyle of Leitrim GAA explains why they're involved in the project, while local musical legend Charlie McGettigan also had a conversation with us about why he gave up his time to support this fantastic cause. I think the most appropriate place to start in what attracted 800 people into the Landmark Central on the night is the organisers of the event, particularly Hubert McHugh and Valerie Cogan. So let's start there. Hubert and Valerie, uh, it's about an hour to kick off here. How are you feeling? Nervous, but glad to see people coming in the door already. It's a good sign. Hubert, it seems to be filling up. There's a, oh, nearly 100 people in here already, I'd say, at this stage. Um, what's the expectation for today? Well, we hope there'll be a good crowd. We hope to fill the hall. The weather wasn't great this morning, but it has cleared up, and we're looking forward to a great night. Remind us of some of the speakers that we can expect to hear from today. Well, you're going to hear from Valerie Cox and Father Brian Darcy and Nora Owen and uh, uh, Sean Kane and Michael Harding, amongst others. Excellent. And again, this is the, the fourth or fifth time we've gathered for this in County Leitrim. Uh, you've done a huge service to the people of Leitrim. I know both of you have moved on in your roles. I know Hubert's not quite official yet, but you're getting closer and closer to that date. Thank you very much for that. And uh, I hope you really enjoy this little celebration that you're both going to get an opportunity to really appreciate the work that's gone in. Thank you very Thank you. much, Brefany, Thank and thanks for all the help and support and publicity you gave us.
Paul Williams, you're back for another year as MC of Elytrum's Health as well. Uh, you've got a big smile on your face as well. You must enjoy this night. No, I, do, I actually don't. And I'm just smiling at you saying you're back. You're, I said they couldn't get any, they couldn't find any other region to do it. I know, I'm only joking. Uh, uh, I'm glad to be back. This last year was the first time I was brought in to do this. It is an extraordinary event. It really is an extraordinary event. It is an event that will challenge and compete with any other national conference that I've ever come across the collection of guests and last year I found two things happen my eyes started to leak every now and again with little tears because I tell you what it's the, the extraordinary life stories that the witnesses who come the people who speak to us and it's as I'm going to say to them tonight you know it's cold outside but it's physically warm in here but it's also emotionally warm and welcoming and empathetic because mental health people don't realize how absolutely important it is and it's just as important as physical health but there's only two nurses two brilliant people uh, hubert uh, McHugh and 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 valerie gogan and they work seven days a week all kinds of hours to keep the people in leitrim who need their help and to imagine the huge number of people that do need their health help and they have organized this conference and uh, what they've put together here is they, is I think last year the message I, I took from it and the message I, I have this year is that it's there's people going to be sitting in the audience who are starting to go into that spiral. Various different levels of mental health issues. People who are just depressed, people who are feeling down. There are so many different levels to it and so many different triggers now and, 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 and uh, tipping points. And if people just take, you know, if some people take a little bit of encouragement or a little bit of comfort or learn something new, or feel, hang on a minute, I didn't think of it that way before. All these little things will help. And it's all down to this incredible... We, we, we're talking to Valerie Cox, Dex of RTE, who's going to be here tonight, my, one of my colleagues, but she is talking about volunteerism, and she went over to Greece to look after and help refugee kids and refugees coming in from, from across from Libya. Um, and volunteerism, this is very much... This whole function here is the essence. Like there's, there's eight... 100 to 900 people expected here tonight you should see the function room here in the landmark it's incredible like you wouldn't get a crowd like that in the in the three arena for god's sake so it's with one hour to go i suppose my nerves are getting to me but it's like i think we have a great lineup of people how nice is it to be able to come back to Leitrim and see an event of this scale of this quality in your home county well it's it's a great honor to be asked to come back and talk to, to you know to MC something like this i'm a fiercely proud Leitrim man and I, when I was on the radio, I was always getting in trouble because I used to say there is only one county in Ireland, that's Leitrim, and the rest of you are going to piss off because uh, we are the, I think we're the nicest people. You know, I, and anything that I could ever do with my county, I'd always come back and do. And, and again, like, I wrote this in Leitrim Observer some time ago. I was asked about, you know, to write a piece about what, what are the things about Leitrim that really move you. And it was the spirit of volunteerism. The amount of voluntary organisations that are active all over Leitrim, all the time. And they, they're saving the government countless millions, I'd say. And there's just, like in Balnamore, where I'm from, there could be about 10 or 20 different groups of all shapes and sizes going on at any one time. And you drive through the town and you think the place is dead. It's because everybody's out volunteering at something or doing something. It's incredible. It's brilliant. And I'm very proud uh, of, of my home county and I'm very proud they've done this. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice to meet some old friends and neighbours tonight and maybe have a drink around 12 o'clock. Listen, enjoy your evening. Thank you very much. Good luck, man. Nor Owen, obviously well known to 
the listeners as a, a former Minister for Justice and a former Government Minister. You're here to speak on a very different matter for Leitrim's Health as well tonight. Yes, Leitrim's uh, Health is Wealth uh, conference, which I gather is in its fifth year, I think, is uh, has got a very wide agenda. And I'm here to speak about being a carer for my husband Brian who has dementia and talking about you know what it means what it meant in my life he's now in a nursing home but what it has meant and maybe giving out some little words of wisdom and advice to people who might be living through that particular condition because more and more people are being diagnosed uh, it is estimated about 55,000 people in Ireland are living with dementia frankly I think it's more I think it's just that there are people who are not diagnosed so I hope in some small way uh, whatever I say tonight might help people in the audience and may stimulate them to make some little changes in their life which would make life easier not just for people who get dementia but also other conditions I mean it doesn't take much for somebody to have a bad fall and they're not able to deal with their own affairs and we all need to take cognizance of that and try and make sure we've planned for it In terms of some of those signs you just said and you're probably right I suspect that there are considerable numbers of people who are undiagnosed but are suffering some of the symptoms what are those symptoms or the signs of that dementia that might, people might not be aware of most people automatically assume it's just loss of memory but we all can have moments when we can't remember the usual thing I went upstairs when I got up I couldn't remember what I wanted I went down and get downstairs again no there's, there's loss of memory is one of the things there's also a certain amount of confusion um, not quite concentrating somebody may be watching a television program and they don't they don't quite remember what they've just seen and they might turn around and ask a question to somebody else in the room and you say why are they asking me that they've just said it on the television and so confusion little bit of hesitancy in speech um forgetting where they are particularly if they're driving that can be a problem if somebody gets uh, just suddenly gets confused as to where they are and maybe sadly might cause an accident so there are little signs but they're usually quite slow to come on and that's what I found with Brian my husband that for three or four years it's kind of easy enough managed because you're growing with the little changes but as he got more and more into dementia um, you become more and more the full-time carer and making sure that you know where he is at all times that he hasn't wandered out of the house or if you're in a supermarket that he hasn't left your side you have to be watching for the kind of things that he can do like make sure you know where the bathrooms are and all these kind of personal things come into your life and um, you just have to make that adjustment and I often think that me don't pay enough attention to the people who are caring. I'm lucky that I'm a bit younger than my husband but there are many people who are in their 80s and one person in their 80s is caring for somebody else in their 80s and that takes a great deal of of, of minding and the person caring sometimes needs just as much care as the person with the condition. In terms of some of maybe the easy things that can be done for someone who's just maybe recently been diagnosed with a similar condition to that, are there little tricks or little, uh, I suppose, habits that you can do that just help things become a little easier, maybe leaving notes in certain places or, or signposting, that sort of things? Yes, there, there are. And, and as somebody is beginning to kind of lose some of their, their faculties a bit, you do begin to kind of adjust. You maybe move things like sharp knives, maybe move them up higher. I 
got a whole lot of little signs. I made a whole lot of little signs and put them on the ed- ed- the presses in the kitchen, you know, saying biscuits and cake. Brian was very partial to biscuits and cake and soup bowls and cutlery and all that. And it helped both Brian to continue to be able to do things, but it also helped if I had somebody who came in to look after him and mind him. So they knew where to get things as well. And gradually, as the time went on, I did have to begin to, if I wanted to continue some of the things that I wanted to do, I was I had to get people in. And I do want to stress that I, I'm lucky. I have a pension. My husband has a pension. So we were able to afford to get some extra care in. That's not available to everybody. And that's why I decided I would start going public about it so that the state, the government of the day, and we don't know where it's going now, the government of the day recognises that there are services that are needed badly for people who are living quietly and unseen in their homes all over the country, the cities, in the towns, in the villages and out in the rural areas that are getting very little help. Now there's the Alzheimer's Association of Ireland are really very, very good but I mean even their their services are stretched to the end. There are home helps needed, more of them needed, so that at least at some part of the day the carer can get a little bit of relief maybe help the person with the dementia to have a shower uh, maybe help them to get dressed maybe help to put them to bed because one of the things that happens too is sometimes there's a sort of anger comes into people Um, Brian was quite a calm person but I've heard of stories where you know anger comes in to the person with the living with dementia because they don't know what's happening to them and um, you know they won't get undressed to go into bed or they won't go to the bathroom when they need to they they have to be actually helped to make those decisions and that needs extra help out there you mentioned that your husband now lives in a in a a care facility how tough of a decision is that to come to or is it just one of those things that for his own i suppose care and 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 he just needs that extra full-time support that's a very hard decision. You, I was minding him for about 11 years and then things began to kind of just unwind more and, and, and I began to realise that I was probably living under a lot of stress and I had a fall in the summer of 2018. Uh, I had a bad fall, funnily enough, going with the dementia-friendly choir Forget-Me-Nots up to the, um, the Bloom Garden Festival and I fell in the bus uh, backwards down the steps and I injured my back. Now, I thought it was worse. Luckily, it wasn't a hip break. And I often make the little joke that I'm glad I'm well padded because I think I would have broken my hip if I wasn't. And I had to go to hospital now only only for, for the day. And then when I came home, I had to adjust where we were living. We'd been sleeping upstairs. We moved downstairs and then I had to get night carers coming in. So I knew at that stage that as, as I realised if I'm not available, Brian was going to have to get more care. And we, I talked about it to my three sons and we decided that the time had come that we would look for somewhere. And that later that year in 2018, uh, we found a really nice uh, care centre in St. Margaret's in Dublin. And Brian has been there now and he's settled. He doesn't have much verbal capacity. He recognises us, but he doesn't really. Uh, he's quite slow in the walking. And uh, But he's going to be 87 next month, so he's not a young man. So I have to combine the dementia and the age. And but he was always very, very fit, so he actually enjoys good health besides the dementia. 
you spoke about government and obviously a former government minister with the hindsight of the the extra few years that you've had of experience life experience what would your advice be to whoever the next minister for health happens to be because it's a bit of a poison chalice over the, the decades in terms of that elder care and, and dementia care, what would your advice or your request be of the Minister for Health? Well, one of the areas that I think any new Minister for Health is going to have to look at is how we cope with older people when they need to go to accident and emergency and a hospital. And I, I really think we're going to have to look at separating people going into accident emergency by in nearly by an age category so you don't have 80 year olds lying on a narrow little trolley for hours and hours and sometimes days we have to be kinder to our old people and if somebody has dementia it's even worse because they don't understand what's happening so I'd love to see a Minister for Health beginning to sectionalise the A&Es so that at least that bit of care for older people but in a general way we need to recognise that home helps need to be increased and packages need to be put together so that people who are caring for somebody with dementia and Alzheimer's there are about 400 different kinds of dementia but most people refer to it as Alzheimer's Alzheimer's is quite severe on the body as well so not only is the mind getting more and more feeble the body is also getting more and more uh, feeble as well and so the combination of the mind and the body going downhill adds a huge amount so we need more daycare centres um, and very often these have to be provided by voluntary fundraising and I think it's time we recognise that if we want to keep people out of hospitals, out of acute beds in hospitals, we've got to provide more of that primary health care in the home and in the local community so that somebody can get that kind of help. It's Nora, lovely to meet you and thank you very much for spending the last 10 minutes with me. Thanks very much Brefni, thank you. Norman Hamilton, former moderator of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Welcome to Leitrim. Thank you very much. It's nice to be back again, dare I say, in God's own country. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, I suppose, your role and what has you here uh, supporting Leitrim's health as well tonight. Well, um, many years ago, longer than I care to acknowledge, uh, Hubert and some of the folks from his community visited us in our Presbyterian congregation in North Belfast. And we have built up a really good relationship between them over the years. So Hubert and I've been up and down uh, to Leitrim. And Hubert sent my wife Evelyn and myself an invitation to join this community festival on mental health. And uh, only last week I was doing a piece on Radio Ulster about the importance of community involvement in mental health. So that's why I'm here and happy so to be. How important is mental health in, in today's society? Well, I think we all recognise that it is getting to be a bigger and bigger, uh, I don't like the word problem, but a bigger and bigger reality for an increasing number of people, especially the younger people. I mean, parts of North Belfast, where I served for over 20 years, I mean, have the highest rates of youth suicide in Northern Ireland. And, uh, of course, when the economic depression came here in the Republic, then suicide became a real issue as it is now with the farming community right across the island so i think the community as a whole are realizing that this is almost as common as breaking your leg yeah and no, i'm it's not unusual now to hear stories of people who are struggling or people who have unfortunately made um certain decisions in their life that can't be re- re- altered that's right that's right and uh 
because we are an increasingly individualistic society, then uh, they don't know that the support networks are there, even though they are. What has been your experience of, of I suppose, how people can turn their lives around from being in that dark place? Because I think people, and I'm speaking from personal experience here as well, I've had my own issues in that regard, but in terms of, of what you've witnessed within your own congregation in, in this island? Well, I think it is, it is a mixture. Um, some people, for example, have relatively short bouts of depression and sort of just come out of it, but many need professional help. And many, I think, particularly need the help of colleagues in work or family or, in our own case, uh, they, their minister, their priest, their, their, uh, their clergyman. Uh, but it seems to me that one of the big, big issues here is to marry the support of the professionals with the support of the community. I think to ask either to do it on their own means that it will not be done well. In terms of the volume, because obviously you can't talk about specifics, but how often would you see people presenting themselves to, to you as a, as a clergyman in looking for help or looking for advice or even just wanting to talk to somebody? Oh, regularly. Uh, I mean, most, most clergy would find that in their normal pastoral work, visiting people in hospital, visiting people in their homes, just even talking to people after <clears throat> Sunday worship or Saturday worship, that people will say things and you, you, a little amber light flashes and you know that they want to pursue it a little bit more. It's very common. In terms of nights like tonight, what kind of role have these events got in terms of raising the awareness of the facilities and the, the opportunities that are there for people to seek help? Well, it clearly, it's crucially important for raising the awareness, but I think I would go further. The fact that we are going to have around 700 people here this evening from presumably all over Leitrim and, and wider makes for me what is a crucial point that this, that mental health is bettered by community support, uh, that it cannot be left, and I think I made this point a moment ago, it cannot be left simply to the family, the individual, or the professional, but the community acceptance of uh, folks uh, in their own locality who are struggling with mental health issues, and community support and encouragement is crucial to their recovery. Norman, thank you so much for joining me this evening and hope you enjoy the event and welcome again to Leet. Thank you and we certainly expect to. Thanks for having me. Now, there's very few events in the county that wouldn't love to have a performer of the calibre of Charlie McGettigan on their side and on their stage. You're going to be playing a few songs for us tonight, Charlie. Welcome back. I am. You know, I've been at this event now since it started. I've sort of been the musical interval. We did it with Eleanor Shanley. And tonight, hopefully, Sean Kane is going to sing a few songs. I'm kind of looking forward to that. But it's, it's a fascinating um, thing that, you know, six, seven, eight hundred people will turn up to, t- to listen to people talking about depression, about bereavement, about all kinds of really difficult subjects. And it's, I couldn't believe how many people came last year, for example. They had to move it to a bigger venue this year. It's so good. But I think the reason that it works is that nearly everybody in the audience will identify with some aspect of what's going to be said here tonight. And the speakers tonight are of a very high calibre. You're talking about me being high calibre. Those, these, these speakers tonight, particularly Michael Harding and people, uh, you know, Sean Keane is going to be talking about the very serious subject of bereavement. So people are, you know, people are absorbed by this kind of thing. And it's, it's 
it's, it's great to see that people are interested enough to come along. You know, there are people coming in already and when the doors are, aren't even open yet. They're, you know, it's, it's, a great, it's going to be a great night. Yeah, there's already a couple of hundred people gathered and we've got at least half an hour or more to, yes. to the start of the show. Uh, what will you be doing yourself tonight? Will you be singing a few songs? Yeah, sing a few songs. You know, you can, you, what you look at here is you read the situation as best you can. Sometimes you might do something light so that they're, you know, they're having a pretty heavy time listening to all the speakers about very serious subjects. I might do something light. And in other words, I might find something that I've heard in the, in the, uh, in the speakers before me that I might sort of do something that might be appropriate for that. I know that, that Sean um, myself were just talking and I've never played with Sean before but you know Sean is a very serious man he takes his choice of music very carefully you know that it would fit into and be sort of right for the night like this not something that's going to be you're not going to be singing about the, 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 the gay the gay jumping around and having the crack and, and they're not going to get up and dance at this so yeah it's going to be something appropriate Well listen Charlie I'm going to let you get off with your rehearsal thank you very much for stopping to have a chat Thanks Bethany good to talk as usual Terence Boyle, Vice Chairman of Leitrim GA. Uh, you're one of the partners here tonight for Leitrim's Health as well. Yeah, look, we have been uh, kind of supporting Hubert since he kicked this off a number of years ago, and we're only too delighted to help him in a small way. It has been a phenomenal success. Leitrim's Health is Leitrim's Wealth, and it benefits a huge amount of people within the county in all aspects of it, and of course, no, the GA is sensible of all our communities. And we only know too well the amount of people that needs help and support from time to time. And we're only too delighted to be behind Hubert and Valerie in this fantastic initiative. New venue here tonight. Do you think the change of home venue is going to make any difference in tonight's performance? Oh, absolutely not, I suppose. It's just testament to the success of the whole Leitham's Health as well. As we have outgrown the Bush Hotel, has been the home for the last number of years. But it just has been grown from year to year. And we just need it bigger venue and it just goes to show the huge success of it you know it's been a, one of the highlights of the social calendar here in Leitrim for people of all ages in terms of getting out but it's such an important message at the heart of it what kind of an impact does this make in, in the lives of I suppose GAA members in your instance look at the health and well-being of all the GAA members is becoming more and more important as we go with the stresses in life and all our units now has a healthy club officer basically looking out for the health and well-being of all our members and it's it's a growing concept within the GAA so a night like this the GAA has to be involved in it so like it's it's a testament to the way we're all going in society and the GAA is making huge strides for us as far as I suppose in GAA terms health and wealth is a new phenomenon in the GAA but it's growing from strength to strength and it, like the seminars that we in Crow Park for the Healthy Club is just growing and growing. So it's, this is a huge thing for Leitrim to be hosting an event like this within the county. Now some of the speakers here tonight are household names across the country. Who in particular are you looking forward to hearing from later in the day? Uh, look at, if you look down through the list of speakers to have, it's, it's phenomenal. Any one of them, you'd be privileged to listen to them. They're all coming with their own story, and the personal stories is what captures the imagination of all the people. So I'm not going to single out any single one here tonight because they come from all walks of life here, and it just, it's, it's a fantastic lineup of speakers here tonight. Terence, thanks very much. Hope you enjoy the evening. No bother.
And that, folks, is all we have time for today. A massive thank you to everyone who gave up their time on the evening to chat to our community, but also those who took the few moments to have a little chat with us ahead of their talks on stage or just their attendance at the event. A huge, huge reaction to a fantastic event. There's a rumour going around that it's the last night of, of its kind after four years because, I suppose, Hubert has retired and Valerie Cogan has moved on to another job in County Sligo. It would be an absolute shame to let an event with this impact die and hopefully some efforts will be made to ensure that there is a secondary and a fifth year and more years going on down the line. Uh, thank you to everybody, as I said, who took part in our show today and also as part of the Leitrim's Health is Wealth event. A fantastic night of education and awareness in the county of Leitrim. That's it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow with a look at In Focus. Talk to you then.